Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? It is BTS Wednesday. Billy Hall is in the house of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. I'm Kanoa Leahy. We're coming to you from the PAXA studios in Honolulu. And uh, let me just be the first to welcome you back, Billy. It's actually been quite a while since we've been able to hang out over here we really haven't done a bts wednesday in like almost a month now right since but i believe it was before the max holloway fight yeah so you went up to vegas and you covered the uh, ufc event the max holloway fight and uh, then i was on vacation last week and was reintroduced to the cruel reality of having to work and earn money and all that stuff this week uh which sucks everybody will be in agreement of that <laughs> uh, but yeah we kind of missed out on each other uh, on uh, on a couple of opportunities here uh first off how was the trip to vegas uh we were watching from back here rooting for all the fighters with hawaii ties who all lost like yeah. even i mean like even the ones who weren't from hawaii who we just kind of loved uh even they lost like it just was one of those cards it was i mean when when both of the hawaii guys end up going to the hospital that night and you can't talk to them and then uh Robbie Lawler, God yes. bless him, put on a heck of a show. You know, like he's fought here six times in his life. People like him here. And then he put on a hell of a show, but then he gets knocked out. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to blame, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blame myself or anything. I don't want to start getting any kind of uh, Brian McInnes jinx thing going on with me. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough weekend for the Hawaii guys. But it, you know what? It was a great weekend for me. It was fun being there, uh, being cage side. It was International Fight Week. And it really, I hadn't really realized it was my first international fight week, and those cards are different. Those events are different. I mean, the the amount of people that were there, the energy in the, in the arena, it was um, really fun. And then, I mean, just a ton of celebrities. I mean, maybe not the celebrities that you might have encountered here in the last week or whatever <laughs> on your trip, you know what I mean? But uh, there were a lot of people in the house. Uh, Vince McMahon walked in right at the end of the Holloway fight. Um, they had a there was a WWE pay per view across the street of the MGM. So it was. Yeah, there was some there was some big names there. There was a lot of a lot of celebrities in the house that well, night. What would you be alluding to on on my side there, Billy? <laughs> I mean, uh, I was able to in Montana above Big Sky. We were at Yellowstone Club, and uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool. Uh, we we have friends who are connected to that thing, so uh, we were given the guest opportunity, guest pass to hang out. And yeah, there was a, <laughs> one instance. There were a few instances actually that were kind of interesting, but uh, there was one uh, instance that, where I went to the fitness room, right? Uh, lying to myself that I'm like, you know, in shape and I care about my physical health. Uh, but I go to the fitness room and the guy working out on the bench next to me happens to be Justin Timberlake. Oh. And yeah, it was, uh, I didn't say anything because, yeah. you know, they, these kind of people go to those kind of places to avoid that kind of attention. Uh, but uh, I did at one point have to say, excuse me, so I could re-rack my dumbbells. <laughs> and you, you know, when you're, when you're uh, next to somebody that you kind of, uh, you know, know as a celebrity or something like that, and you happen to be in an exercise type of setting, uh, yeah, you're damn right. I was picking up the heavier dumbbells. I, I say, had to show up a little bit. You I was know? gonna say, were you paying attention to exactly what he was lifting? <laughs> were you kind of like, you know what, this is what I normally lift. Let me just add another 25 and then just sit here and make it seem like I actually did uh, bench this. How much uh, are you getting competitive with JT at all? It, it was, uh, I think, uh, one of my exact um, uh, yells or one of the things that I sort of emoted. I was like, a thousand and one, <laughs> a thousand and two. I don't know if you heard me, Justin, but I did over a thousand. And the best part about that is he's never heard that before at the gym. <laughs> I was like, hey, look at you and me, Justin. We're working out and lifting in sync. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There was uh, another uh, instance, though, where we went to dinner, and a couple of tables over, it was Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. And, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So uh, that was a little bit awkward because Mila and, and my breakup didn't go very smoothly yeah. back in the day. And so it was a little like, hey, looks, maybe she should stop looking over here, make it so obvious, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Have you seen the movie, uh, what was it, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? <laughs> yes. Is that it? Yeah. What? Oh, man. Great movie. That was a great movie, yeah. No, it was so it was cool. And, and, yeah, I'm not a huge, like, you know, go crazy over celebrity sightings kind of guy uh, per se. But, uh, but you know, it's always just kind of interesting and kind of cool when you see, like, these familiar no, faces. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. you know, there were a lot of people and Shaq was at the USC and all this thing. But there was something about Vince McMahon. I don't know what it was that I was just kind of like, you never really know. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, there's a guy that's been, you know, I, I watched wrestling growing up and stuff like that. So to see Vince McMahon there, that was like my one little okay. kind of geeky moment. All right. Well, let's, I mean, we're, we're, we do the show organic. <laughs> right? We don't know exactly where it's going to go. We have some very tangible things we got to get to. The Mountain West football media days are going on in Vegas. Josh Pacheco and John Venary are up there. We have some sound bites to play from Timmy Chang and also Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson, even Athletics Director David Matlin, if we can get to all of those on a number of different subjects. But since you brought it up, uh, we work in the media, so we have the privilege and, and opportunity sometimes to meet some of these big names in sports as, as we go through our years of covering these things. Uh, Vince McMahon would, I, I guess, be one of them, but uh, what would be the one that you would say, all right, uh, trying to be professional here, but I'm a little starstruck? Oh, man, that's a great question. I'd have to go back, you know, when I first, I think for me it was when I first started at the Star Advertiser and I was like 20, what was I, 21 years old, the first Pro Bowl I went to, I remember kind of just being in awe of being there with all the NFL guys and, um, you know, I, I remember, I think when I saw Peyton, the first time I met Pey oh, Peyton Manning, okay. Peyton Manning right. was kind of a good one where it was like, oh man, you know, I kind of been watching him a long time and stuff. So he would kind of stand out to me. The other one that's really interesting is there was, um, I'm a big basketball guy and so the, uh, Warriors came over here, and this was before the Lakers won. So this was the first one I went to where uh, – or I think it was the Lakers playing the Warriors. But I went up to the North Shore, and Baron Davis oh, – Oh, this is like that Warriors squad. Yeah, this is that Warriors squad. And Baron Davis, I, I was trying to interview him, and he's just messing with me, right? So I ask him a question, and he's stretching the way, so I'm looking at him. And then I ask him the question, and he turns and gives me his back and stretches the other way. And I literally had to, like, walk around to the other side to ask him, and then he would kind of go back. And he was just totally messing with me, and I felt so stupid and – that was kind of like my introduction to kind of trying to talk to some of these professional athletes. Uh, He's kind of that guy. Yeah, though, from he what is. We understand. He yeah. is. I, there's quite a few stories I think you could tell about Baron Davis. But, uh, yeah, I always kind of remember. It's those first ones that always kind of stay with you. Yeah, one of the early ones I met happened to be um, at the Pro Bowl, and there was, like, this Hall of Fame sort of function, and Joe Montana was there. Oh. And so that one was a big one. Jerry Rice, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um and and but the one that I think stands out is because I'm a basketball guy too, and my um, you know my, my my favorite basketball player of all time is David Robinson. He's the reason why I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. And so I was uh, covering the Maui Jim Maui Invitational as a sideline analyst, as a sideline reporter. And Duke was there. This was the Zion Williamson uh, oh, yeah. and, and Barrett uh, Duke team. And so uh, David Robinson's son was on that team. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so he was in the stands. And as the sideline analyst, they like, you know, they want you to uh, go and interview some people that are in uh, the stands and some people, you know, obviously David Robinson is a, bi a big name and all that stuff. So I had to go up to him, introduce myself and say, like, hey, look, if you have some time, would you be willing to do an in-game interview? And uh, he was really cordial, 
as you know by all accounts he is and he was really nice and he said yeah no problem and uh, I happened to be able to corner him we ended up not doing the interview but I ended up uh, being able to corner him uh, after the game I just said you know I want to just tell you that I'm a lifelong Spurs fan and a huge <laughs> Dave Romsen you're my favorite all-time player and I just want to say it's a pleasure meeting you and he like gave me a little handshake and kind of like that that halfway like dude bro hug oh, wow. and I was just like this is fantastic and totally totally unprofessional <laughs> yeah that's something you know i've never been good at that you think for a media person but it's just the idea of going up to some of these guys and on the side and trying to say anything i'm like i'm like well i'm like the last guy in the world that would ever go and take a picture with someone or whatever but uh you if david robinson's your guy the one guy for me is if, if i ran to ken griffey jr he'd probably uh, be the one guy that i would have to you know go up to and maybe ask maybe say hi to julio rodriguez might be replacing him though right i mean that that's this is this is starting to turn into something pretty ken griffey jr like this guy it kind of is but now that i'm what am i 18 years older than julio rodriguez it's a little different <laughs> yeah. now but uh no man we got to talk about that later yeah we will we'll, we'll get into game. that we'll get into the mlb all-star game in a little bit yeah i mean you being this age and being that crazy <laughs> about an athlete would be like you being this age and, and say like into like bts or something yeah exactly anyway it's billy talk sports bts wednesday right here on let's talk sports uh we did want to get to this Mountain West Conference Media Day uh, week and, and obviously a lot of interviews that are being conducted by our own Josh Pacheco and John Veneri and they will continue to play those here over the next few days. We got some snippets of some of that stuff and uh, obviously one of the big uh, headlines that came out here this week is uh, the fact or actually this morning the fact that the Rainbow Warriors preseason pick to finish sixth in the West Division. That's last in the West Division of the Mountain West Conference. Fresno State the favorite going into this year in the West. Boise State in a very familiar scenario and very familiar spot as the preseason favorites in the Mountain Division. Utah State, of course, the defending champs. They're number three behind Air Force in the Mountain Division. Uh, and this is just preseason stuff, right? I mean, you have it from every publication. It really means next to nothing. Uh, and so what you get in terms of your reaction to, hey, what do you think about the preseason polls when you talk to head coaches, when you talk to players? It's usually a pretty generic kind of thing. But we did at least pose the question to Timmy Chang, at least Josh Pacheco and John Veneri did earlier today, and this is what Timmy had to say. You know, expected, right? When you lose as much production as uh, as we did through the transfer portal or graduation, um, you know, so we got a lot of inexperience or guys that haven't proven themselves on the football field yet. But uh, but that's why you play. You know, I'm, I'm the same way, right? I'm I'm. We're, we just talked about us being, you know first timers here and so the only way we're going to get experience is, is going through this process together so no different for these guys you know we got guys in that 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 the locker room that we think that can play now it's just getting their minds right understanding game plan understanding situations and then putting them in the best situation to succeed all right, so th there it is from Timmy Chang. What else do you expect yeah. him to say, right? And, and the, the truth is they did lose a lot of production. And Chevin Cordero, ironically, is up there in Vegas with his new team, San Jose State. So it'll be kind of interesting to hear from him. And at least that is the expectation, perhaps, as soon as tomorrow from John Venary and Josh Pacheco, uh, a little bit of a sit-down interview with Chevin Cordero, as well as a lot of the other players that are up there and the, the players that are representing the University of Hawaii. But getting back to what Timmy had to say, preseason pick sixth. Um, you know, the expectations are not very high, at least by all accounts, going in. And I happen to think, in the grand scheme of things, as much as you would love first year for Timmy Chang coming home as the head coach, this new regime, and as much as you would love for the expectation to be like, we're winning the whole thing. Hello, college football playoff. An invite to the SEC right on the horizon. Like, that's not realistic. And I do think in some ways, at least in terms of perception, and, and, and even overall perspective, this isn't the worst thing 
that could happen for Timmy Chang in year one to have expectations that are not so grand because if they end up sort of finishing in this position or at least where a lot of these uh, prognosticators and, and supposed experts predict they will, um, I think that will align with what a lot of people think of, hey, look, the cupboard was a little bare, at least in terms of some of their top-level elite talent that was supposed to return that transferred out. Um, you know, it's, it's a fairly tough conference schedule here this year. Uh, other teams are really, really good in the conference, at least that's the expectation. Uh, and so you sort of fall in this range of, all right, it, it, it wasn't the greatest year overall, but there was sort of an anticipation of it, an embracing of it. And then if somehow they're able to find some traction and then they're able to maybe uh, establish some surprises in certain positions on the field and say they win a, a few ball games, they string together a little bit of a winning streak, all of a sudden they're finishing maybe as high as third or fourth in the division, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're on to something here. And I just think that that paradigm works at this time. Not saying that this is where we always want to be, but in this particular situation, I don't think it's the worst thing to happen. No, not at all. And, and granted, this is a preseason poll, and I remember as a B writer for the baseball team, one of the worst days I had was to have to call uh, Mike Trapasso to get his thoughts on the preseason poll that he loved so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but every coach hates yeah, that right, question exactly. most. No, yeah. no, no, exactly, because it really is meaningless. But I think... I think two things. I think one, it's just kind of a good thing for kind of fans to really kind of understand because, look, Timmy's done a great job in the offseason kind of revitalizing the program, getting everyone excited, the brotherhood thing. And then this is a little bit of a reality check that, mm -hmm. okay, you know, all that stuff is great and all, but when it comes to on the field, this is kind of where they're thought of right now. But for me, you don't want to be first in these preseason polls, but being last is not okay because you actually can use that to motivate your team a little bit. You know, if, if, if people are thinking highly of you, a little bit harder to motivate the guys, but... Look, this is an opportunity for Timmy to just say, hey, guys, you know, to everyone that, that, that's in the locker room, hey, guys, this is what everyone thinks of you, and kind of put a little bit of chip on their shoulder. And I think in terms of preseason polls, yeah, they don't mean much, but you can use it, especially when, you know, people are doubting you a little bit as a little bit of a motivating factor. So I think in that regards, it's, you know, maybe something that they can use as a positive. But, yeah, I, I you know, at the end of the day, these are these are polls, and, and you just kind of got to go through the motions a little bit. But it's a good thing for the fans because everyone, like, then gets to debate it and talk about it. Yeah, I, I think, again, uh, perspective from the fans and 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 also like you're what you're talking about that that chip on the shoulder for some of these players like timmy can make that very blatant claim and make that very blatant communication of hey look they think so little of you guys who stayed yeah. right and they thought so highly of the guys that departed this is what they expect from you they expect nothing right. in essence from you and i think that's a message that can be effective easier said than done obviously to, to go from that to parlay that into victories and success on the field it's a whole different equation but I agree with you. I, I think there's something there that you can use as motivation and you can turn this thing as far as a low expectation. It's like that law of low expectations. You walk into a movie and you're expecting it to be a piece of crap and then you walk out, you're like, hey, that was pretty darn good, right? But if you're walking in going like, I heard this is the greatest movie of all time and it's like, ah, it was all right. And, and I think that there's some in, in sports as a fan, there is something to that. And I, I think that's maybe something that uh, can be utilized as, as a bit of a silver lining for what is otherwise a low expectation on the season. Yeah, and I think it also just pro provides a little bit of, of perspective to fans. That, like, this isn't, you know, I know you want to come out, win the first game right away, like you said. Just go on this run right away, win a bunch of games, win a championship, all that kind of stuff. But I think 
the reality is this is going to be kind of a long-term project. You know, there was a lot of turnover, obviously, from last year. A lot of things are changing. Culture is changing a little bit. And all that stuff kind of takes time. And so this is just kind of a, a reminder that as exciting as it's been, as exciting as all the stuff has been on social media, like I said, the hashtag brotherhood, some of the kids staying home, kids transferring back in from Hawaii. You know, all that stuff's really good. But this is still going to be kind of a, a long and a tough process for Timmy Chang. This is by no means an easy job for Timmy. So, you know, this is kind of a little bit of a reminder of kind of what the challenges that lie ahead. That's the key term right there, process. This is a process, and we're very much at the front end of said process. Uh, all right, well, speaking of process, it's a process for some of these University of Hawaii players, overall baseball players with Hawaii ties, to get themselves in position to be MLB draft picks. And you were covering this draft the previous three days, and you had three players with Hawaii ties in Cade Halemanu, in uh, Blaze Koali'i Pontes, two former University of Hawaii right-handed pitchers who got drafted. You also had Ivo Arquette out of St. Louis who was drafted in the 18th round. Uh, the expectation, though, is that he's going to be pursuing his college career at the University of Washington. Uh, but Lee Pontes is scheduled to join us by phone on the other side of this break. So uh, we can get into a little bit of the broad draft discussion with my man Billy Hull, who was covering it very closely. Uh, at the same time, uh, we're going to be hearing from Lee Pontes, uh, who is now about to embark yeah. on his professional career. And it's happening quickly. He's leaving tomorrow. Drafted <laughs> yesterday, leaving tomorrow. And going to an organization that kind of, I don't know, digs the Hawaii guys a little bit, the Oakland A's, yeah. right? A little bit. I mean, what, tw over 20 kids they've drafted with Hawaii ties over the years? So, yeah, awesome job just to see. The, we'll talk about it, but his journey to get drafted is pretty cool. Yeah, he was undeniably the best pitcher on that staff the second half of the season last year. So we'll get into it with Lee Pontes on the other side. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. It is BTS Wednesdays. Around these parts, we like to refer to that as Billy Talk Sports. That's right. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is in the house. He's been busy. He's been on the road covering UFC events. He's been covering the Major League Baseball draft here the previous three days and it was a pretty fruitful one yes. you had multiple University of Hawaii pitchers who got drafted Cade Halimanu in the 10th round and then yesterday on the final day you had Blaze Koali'i Pantes who I think was undeniably the best pitcher on that staff for the University of Hawaii the second half of the season and he gets selected by the Oakland A's uh, number 484 overall and so we want to in the 16th round and so we want to welcome via the phone line that's right, Blaze Koali Pontes, former Kamehameha standout, former University of Hawaii standout, and now embarking on his pro Professional career. Professional baseball player. That's right. What's up, Lee? How's it? Hey, how's it going, guys? How you guys doing today? Hey, we're doing all right. All right, we got to get this out of the way. Because um, <laughs> when you first got to the UH program, uh, all of us in the media sort of understood you as being referred to as Lee Pontes. This season, though, there seemed to be a concerted effort to broaden that and refer to you by your full name, Blaze Koali'i Pontes. And so the question is, how do you want us to refer to you in this kind of setting, uh, informally, casually, however you want to do it? What, what do you want to go by? Just Lee is good. Casually is good right now. Okay, all right, yeah, all right, like that's it. good to know. All right, well, uh, Lee, thanks for uh, making some time. Uh, how did all that stuff hit you yesterday when it went down? Oh, unbelievable. It's like, it's hard to put words into, or th like thoughts into words at that moment. Just getting that phone call yesterday morning is just unbelievable. Yeah, because I think Cade was sharing it as well. Just the anxiety that comes along with something like this, yeah. the, the uncertainty, and you have people that are telling you different things. Uh, how yeah. did you try to decipher what stuff to take in and, and take seriously versus the stuff that you know you, you just hear a lot of things how did you how did you navigate through all of that 
Uh, like the first two days, I kind of just uh, kept low a little bit, and when things were just slow and didn't really happen, uh, um, the third day creeped in. You know, thoughts, more thoughts creeped in, and uh, more people were just saying stuff. So, I just kind of took some time aside, and you know what? Like whatever happens, happens. Kind of mentality, and just hoping for the best. You know. Hey, what's up, Blaze? It's Billy. I know we talked a little bit yesterday, but uh, I wanted to ask it. Did I just call him Blaze? Yeah, I just did. He oh just my said goodness, it, I man. Did. I've been calling him Lee the whole time. I've been the leader it. of trying to call him Lee. What do we call him in high school the whole time? You've been just... the Lee eater. Oh my goodness, this is terrible. No, but um, I just kind of wanted to ask you. You know, and, and we talked a lot about it a little yesterday, but you know, for you as a baseball player, I mean, ultimately, going through your career, becoming a professional baseball player is 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 what you want to do, and. And it takes, you know, you got to have some success. You got to show that you can be capable of doing it. So, you know, at what point did you kind of believe or did you start to think that, you know, maybe I'm good enough to be playing professional baseball? Maybe I'm good enough to get picked in the MLB draft? Uh, it was about that halfway point throughout season where I think just the boost of confidence really kicked in when I when Coach finally put me in that starting role. Um, Bakersfield on a Thursday, I got that spot start and, you know, did pretty well there. Then I got another start the next weekend, did pretty well there, and things just kind of snowballed from there. And uh, just looking back on it after a few starts, you know, I'm just getting a lot of guys out and doing my thing on the mound and hoping the team wins. So once that confidence rode in, I was like, hey, you know, I get a good chance at, you know, trying to do this at the next level. Yeah. Is there something, too, about, you know, whether coming out of the bullpen or just when you're told that you're going to start and you're going to get to go out there and prepare and get ready for a game and be out there the first inning, is that just inherently something that allows you to maybe just kind of gain that confidence, knowing that the coach believes in you to be able to go out there and get the ball at the start of a game? Uh, getting the ball at any time of the game is just uh, a load of confidence, too. Rather, it's like closing, come out of the pen or starting. I think it's more of having a routine, having a routine knowing, like, oh, I'm going to get the ball on this day and just uh, being able to prepare my body and mind. Like that's uh, really helpful there. Uh huh. Now I know you're from Kamehameha, and I'll um, I'll ask Kanoa real quick because I told you this yesterday. But Kanoa, do you have any idea what high school has had the most Major League Baseball draft picks? I mean, if I had to just guess, I, I would probably venture to say my first instinct would be Iolani, of course, my <laughs> alma mater. But I think oh. the real answer would have to be Kamehameha, right? Kamehameha, that's right. They've had 21 draft picks. You know, Lee is the latest. They've had some guys recently. Um, I think Kai Rios. That's right. 2018, I believe Cody Paiva was Haven't right that. Haven't they had like that. four in the last five Hunter, years? Hunter, Hunter Bro, I think, last year. Um, yep. And so, Lee, I'm just wondering if you've talked to any of these guys, if you know any of these guys, if they've given you any advice on, you know, like you were getting ready for the draft and stuff and they kind of went through the same thing. Is there any one in particular that maybe you've reached out to or talked to or has helped you kind of go through this? Yeah, uh, Hunter Broad, actually, last year he got drafted to the Oakland A's, so we're going to be teammates pretty soon coming up uh, in spring training. Oh, that's terrific right there. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. kind of like one of those, you know, uh, meant-to-be type of situations. And, uh, again, we're talking with Blaze Koali Pontes, 16th-round draft pick of the Oakland A's, former Kamehameha and University of Hawaii right-handed pitcher. Uh, and you're wasting no time. Like, you're going up, like, this weekend. Like, this is happening here before the end of the week. You're going to be uh, en route to uh, to join uh, the uh, training with the club and, and, and get this thing rolling, right? Yeah, I leave tomorrow, actually. Figuring out flights right now. Oh, gosh. So so where to? What's sort of the, the, the itinerary here? So tomorrow I'm going to fly into Phoenix, Arizona. And then I think we get settled in on Friday, get shown around the facility and all that. And then Saturday is a physical, and I think we're on the field Sunday. 
Oh, wow. That's amazing, man. You got to be ready to go. We had Kate Halimanu on yesterday, and uh, he shared uh, this immense amount of pride. And I think, you know, a little bit of just kind of how, how cool it was uh, to be one of two UH pitchers to get drafted in this draft. And, and two guys, you and he were both part of this starting rotation. Um, and, and I'm just wondering, you know, two uh, Hawaii products to begin with. Uh, I'm just wondering how you frame the, the notion and, and the reality of, of both yourself and Cade uh, being scooped in the draft and, and having the opportunity to pursue your dream. Yeah, just really happy for that guy, you know, going to the 10th round at the race, got a pick and just uh, two Hawaii boys, you know, everyone here grows, has that dream. Uh, we want to make it out of Hawaii and to be able to finally get that opportunity. It's just really prideful and blessed uh, to get out there and be able to play baseball for past college. Yeah. And I know you mentioned, I think it's been the last four summers, you said, that you've played uh, summer ball. So this has been kind of your first summer home in a long time. It's your last day, besides obviously doing this interview for this radio show, <laughs> which I'm sure was really at the top of your High list. High priority. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, which is kind of, you know, last meal, last day. What, uh, what, are, what are you trying to soak in one more time before you uh, start this journey? Uh, probably soak up that one last beach day before I get out here and then maybe a nice dinner at home with the family tonight. Oh, that's a, that's that's a good plan. Yeah. I think that that would be something yeah. that would be very fitting for sure. We're talking with Blaze Coley Pontes about to embark on his professional baseball career. You talked about the turnaround that you had in your season this past year, about the midway point when you were inserted into that starting rotation, and it just sort of changed you. Another thing that seemed to happen over the course of the last two seasons overall was this increase in velocity. Um, you you uh, you alluded to confidence being a big part of your effectiveness as a pitcher. Uh, how were you able to kind of build on some of that velo over the course of the last two years and, 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 and utilize that and parlay that into being a more effective overall pitcher? Um, just not giving hitters too much credit, you know? Hitting a baseball is pretty damn hard, so um, getting on the mound, knowing, hey, like, my stuff's getting better, it's getting sharper, and I have the tools to get hitters out and just trust myself. What do you think? I can get it done. What do you think about uh, going to the organization like the the Oakland Athletics? What's the expectation, and what do you think you are most likely uh, needed to do in terms of the transition to be a professional pitcher? Um, I think just preparing my body uh, every day and staying healthy is probably the main key to uh, this next part of my life. But I'm just ready to get out there and learn as much as I can. Just try and keep an open mind and. Uh, develop myself to be the best pitcher I know I can be. Well, it's awesome, man. It's been really great seeing your development and uh, couldn't be happier for you to get this opportunity. We wish you the best. Safe travels and uh, keep in touch, man. Yep, of course. Thank you, guys. All yeah, right, man. Good luck. Take care. Blaze Koali Pontes, yeah. uh, the latest University of Hawaii pitcher, along with Cade Halimanu in the 10th round. Blaze Koali Pontes goes in round 16 to the Oakland A's, uh, and he is off tomorrow to begin his professional career. I mean, he wastes no time it's, after the draft, right? It's unbelievable, I mean, because, you know, they, they talk about it, but you really got to understand, like, they're sitting there for four hours yesterday hoping to hear their name called because it's no big deal. It's just their professional future, their future That's with right. the sport, and you have to go through all of that and basically turn around, get ready, get everything in line, and you're within 48 hours you're flying out of here. You know, he's said he's been doing some long tossing this summer. He hasn't played a lot, but he's got his physical Friday, and then he'll be out on the field this weekend. So you just to go from, am I even going to get drafted? Am I even going to get to play professional baseball to really going to be out there in the span of, like, four days? It's 
it's crazy, man. I, I, and I was glad to get a little bit of the clarification on how he wants to be referred to in a casual setting, right? He says Lee, and literally a minute later, you call him Blaze. I can't help it. You know, I mean, unbelievable. I've been calling him Lee the whole time, and finally, I've, you know, I was doing all the stories and stuff, so it's like Blaze, 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 go Lee Pontes, and he says Lee, and I just can't help myself. You know, it's kind of funny because this season, you know, as as one of the announcers, we were kind of told, all right, he kind of wants to go with Blaze Coley Pontes as the formal reference, uh, and not to make fun of his name or anything like this because it's a wonderfully beautiful name but i did think sometimes when i was saying it uh you know that rap replinger uh <laughs> sketch with the flight attendant uh on uh, was it mahalo airlines and <laughs> described the captain's name as being blaze kamikaze rebello <laughs> and i would kind of think that would be in the back <laughs> of my mind when it was blaze coli pantes uh just a little you know call to my childhood and my love for for rap replinger and that comedy for sure yeah that, that's one thing about this uh baseball team this year it was a lot of a lot of names. Oh man, yeah, Nigel Ali Calderon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone's going by the full name, man. We had the Dallas Duarte and the J, and then that whole thing. I remember, like, which which way do we spell it correctly? It was um, <laughs> interesting. You never know what you're gonna. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. You're right. You're, it can change from year to year too. Yeah. It's like I remember Jennings Franciscovich for the UH volleyball team. There was like this long running debate. Where it was like, was it Franciscovic, Franciscovich? And we would ask him, and you would get a different answer from him depending <laughs> on who was asking yeah. and what day you were asking. It's like, this is your name. Man, you gotta care enough about it to give us the correct pronunciation. Oh man, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's just hard being a play-by-play -play guy. Huh? Oh man, it's oh, really man. tough gig. Really yeah. tough gig. No, and but the funniest is when you ask guys like that. Like Jennings did this actually, where it's like, all right, so which one do you prefer? He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I was like, it matters. Yeah. It's, it's your name. name, of course it matters. I know. But I know. These guys are too cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Kids these days, man. <laughs> this new generation <laughs> all right well uh we want to remind you speaking of uh, generations the uh generation of john and mark venary that brotherhood that's right they're going to be calling the games on espn honolulu for uh football this upcoming season but you can check out the first episode of pau hana with the venary brothers join mark and john at db grill in kapolei this week as they talk story and enjoy some great local grinds john's got the best gigs head over to espn honolulu's youtube page or at espnhonolulu.com mahalo to kevin morisoli of northwest Mutual uh, for making this a reality. All right, we're going to take a break on the other side of this timeout. Uh, why don't we dip into the bucket of questions? I mean, yeah. we want to get into the All Star game and some of that stuff. I have a feeling that there's a good chance we'll be pulling out one of those questions from the bucket. Keegan Ota is going to help us out. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Once again, big mahalo to Lee Pontes for joining us uh, in that last segment. We wish him the best, and we hope to keep in touch with him, and we hope that he has a very long and prosperous professional career uh, picked in the 16th round by the Oakland Athletics yesterday in the Major League Baseball first-year player draft. All right, so uh, we got Billy Hull in the house. We're coming to you from the PAXA Studios in Honolulu. Uh, whenever Billy's here, we like to dip into this thing that we refer to as the bucket O questions. And oftentimes, they're pretty pertinent. You know, I think it's worked out, even though it's a random draw by our man Keegan Ota in the next room. Uh, they just so happen to oftentimes be very timely. Uh, so let's see if that works out again here. Keegan, why don't you uh, reach into the bucket and, and pull out some topics for us? Well, speaking of timely, last night, oh. the All-Star game for Major that? League Baseball. Wow. So good this timing. <laughs> Anyways, the All-Star game happening last night with the AL taking the victory 3-2. to two. two runs scored by the NL, but nothing else after that yeah. in the first, first few innings. 
AL wins it three to two. But in general, guys, thumbs up or thumbs down thumb on the on the All Star game. Okay, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. The, the All Star game, the American League won for like the 80th year in a row. Giancarlo Stanton was the MVP after hitting a game tying two run homer, and the AL would go on to win. I, I thought there were a lot of interesting features about this game. Uh, one uh, that stands out to me is yeah there wasn't a lot of run scoring after the fourth inning and that's because you had this like litany of these pitchers who i think the the casual fan and myself included actually to a large degree like had never heard of a lot of these guys or at least didn't really know much about them and they make mariano rivera look like a guy like just a normal guy these guys are all blowing like 98 um or more than that and just with movement and just it, it was unbelievable the arms that are in this game uh, and so I think that was something that stood out to me. Uh, and then just some of the things that Fox did, right, in its coverage, miking up the players. That was an incredible feature. I thought the uniforms are really cool. It wasn't the most exciting game overall. I was kind of hoping for a tie so that we'd see the home run derby sort of uh, sudden death round thing decide the winner. That would have been kind of cool. That didn't quite play out. But I give it a thumbs up. I think the MLB All-Star game is the best of all the All-Star games because it lends itself to playing the game kind of the same way you do even in the regular season. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Thumbs up for me, too. I love the way – I love the interaction between uh, John Smoltz and a couple of the pitchers while they were pitching and the thought process of going through each pitch and what they're going to call and, and all that stuff was really cool. The interaction uh, was pretty neat. You know, there was the, the – what was it, the eighth inning when Julio Rodriguez catches the fly ball. Oh, and, yeah. And he's mic'd up with the pitcher. That's the only out the pitcher got in his first All-Star game. And he wanted the ball. And I'm thinking, can Julio hear him from all the way out in deep center field? But he's on the mic, so he knew right away. And he fakes like he's going to throw the ball in the crowd and stuff and turns around and gives it to him. So it was just kind of cool. I thought the, the interactive stuff they tried to do in showing the game was fun. But also the game itself, when you've got these guys – that are so good now. And this really kind of is the game of baseball tonight, or, or these teams with these deep uh, bullpens that could just one guy after the other Unbelievable. throw stuff. And it's like, I was with you. I was kind of hoping that we would get a tie so we could see this home run derby. But then the uh, Cleveland closer comes in and just strikes out the side like that. And in like three minutes, the game's <laughs> over. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way the game's played now. But I thought all in all, the, 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 the kind of stuff they're trying to do to, to kind of make the game a little more fun to watch was really cool. And so I'd give it a thumbs up. Yeah. What, what was uh, what, Nestor Cortez uh, was the uh, yeah, lefty was pitcher, uh, pitcher for the Yankees who did that one funky wind up. And I was like, this is really good stuff because he was mic'd up and, um, you know, he's, he's interacting with the announcers. Is that something you think major league baseball and its broadcasters could consider doing more regularly i mean it's obviously easier in an all-star game things are a little bit more settled down um but do you think we can use more mic'd up players on the field and i think the key is it's one thing to have them mic'd up because you have them in every sport right and the, the nba is the worst oh even the nfl to a degree but the nba is the worst where it's like all right it's uh, time to uh, wired for sound check out we got jimmy butler wearing a mic and then it's like all you hear is like Wah! Yeah, yeah. Huh, yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> huh, huh. And it's like back to the game. I was like, wow, that was really great. It really puts you in the action. Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. The interaction is the key because it prompts a little bit more dialogue or a little bit more of a personality from these guys. And I think that's something that would benefit baseball so much. Can Is there any realistic way to try to do that in a regular season game? You know, I, I agree that it does help the game. But, boy, I'm really one of those people that believe in, look, at the end of the day, these guys are trying to win games. These guys are professionals. And the idea of them having to kind of be mic'd up while they're playing, you know, anything that involves while they're playing, I'm not sure I can get behind. Look, I'm also the guy that there is nothing. I mean, I cannot stand when they do the first and third quarter interviews of the coaches at NBA games. Like, 
I don't understand what we get out of it. I don't understand. I really don't understand what it brings to the the broadcast. They, they're, you know, they're in the middle of the game. They've got to coach their team, and then they got to come answer two questions, and they're always the same questions, which is like, you know, uh, how do you slow down Kevin Durant? Well, you don't really slow. Down. You know what I mean? It's like, well, what can you do better? I don't know. Make more shots. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, all kind of yeah, the same yeah. thing. So, I look. It it it, it takes some really kind of creativity, and I think that's good, but. At the same time, I just don't like messing with these guys during the game. I mean, these guys are professionals. They're out there to do their job and win games. So, I don't know. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would love for that to, to be the case. Because I just, it was so cool. Um, what was it? Alec Manoa was yeah, a superstar. Was, was an absolute superstar when he was talking about the pitches and mowing guys down. Like, it just was fantastic um who was it helsley the cardinals pitcher who like was blowing like 102 103 <laughs> like, what the heck is going on with this thing uh, but yeah i would love to see that because again the, the wired for sound in the other sports is like ah, yeah. Yeah. good job buddy no, there's nothing that actually is, no, yeah. is presented to the fan right but. it all seems that it's like get back get back on defense <laughs> you know hey hey ball 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 it's like you know what yeah so but i mean i agree with you like anything baseball can do and baseball really of any of the major sports needs to probably try to kind of sure. cultivate a younger audience and stuff and so there is a, a a reason there to kind of maybe do some of these things but man i just the idea of having these guys focused on anything other than the game while they're playing i i don't know about that what a traditionalist all right but th back to the original question two thumbs up from uh, billy and canola yeah. all right what's our next question keegan all right well <clears throat> excuse me before the all-star break you had the one of the hottest teams or actually the hottest team the seattle mariners in fact Who? this weekend <laughs> they are looking for their Tie, uh, franchise tying 15th straight wow. win and it's also gotten big in fact the washington state department of transportation has gotten involved to get the traffic in to the seattle mariner stadium so guys for you will the mariners keep it going and qualify for the postseason with their win streak, by the way, they're set up going against the Astros. Uh, Billy has obviously gotten into the bucket of questions because the Seattle Mariners are his favorite team. He like, loves everything about the city of Seattle. And, yes, they came in as the hottest team in baseball. And I think everyone got to know Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod, this absolute freak of nature who put on the best show of the Home Run Derby, even though he ultimately didn't win. And then he was one of the guys mic'd up in the All-Star game. And it's like he's got these light eyes. He's incredibly good-looking. He's like, an, like just an absolute stud. Um, um, this guy's just a superstar, and the Mariners are building off of some of that. Uh, they are currently in second in the West. Uh, so, you know what? I'll defer to you. You're the Mariners guy. Without uh, expressing too much of your bias here, uh, what do you think? Mariners going to make it to the playoffs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been a Mariners fan for my whole life. They haven't been to the playoffs in 21 years. They just won 14 games. Everything seems good. They got this great young player. Their, their rotation is one of the best in baseball. I'm just wondering, how are they going to screw this one up? Because we all know it's coming. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can't you can't expect me to sit here and say, oh, yeah, of course the Mariners are going to make the playoffs. And the funny thing about what, what Keegan just said is uh, the uh, state put out a thing today. They're actually closing the I-5 southbound right around the arena at 9 p.m. Friday night. The game is already sold out. Games never sell out, really, in Seattle. Everyone's finally so excited. Look, it's not... It, it's kind of one of the more bandwagon fan bases in Seattle you'll ever have. So now they've won 14 games. Everyone's coming out. Uh, they're, they're playing the Astros, right? The, the leading team in the division on Friday. So I'm, 
I, I'm ready for whatever disaster awaits. Of course, they're going to close the freeways. This is just the most Seattle thing uh, ever. Yeah, so, so you're saying it is a nosedive. Yeah. Like, right Pump now, the it's brakes. about... <laughs> I've been here a million times before. I'm not doing it again. And I'm just saying on the radio, because deep inside, we're going to the playoffs, uh, baby. See, that's yeah. what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, no, this team is good, man. They have, like, that spirit. They're sort of like the, t the, the team of destiny. There's one of those every season in Major League Baseball, and the Seattle Mariners right now appear to be that team. But it is a little different when all of a sudden people are aware of that, and you're conscious of it Don't and all like of a sudden it. you're trying to live up to some expectations uh that does change the paradigm a little bit canola the other day i think it was on sunday they led the sunday night sports center the seattle mariners were the oh first gosh. thing on that and it's so i just it's over yeah seattle does it right though they do pro sports right there's no doubt about that i went to a seahawks game it was against the eagles at then century link stadium and uh what they do is they it's kind of like what we're going to see i think with uh football this upcoming year they open up the baseball stadium across the street and if you want to like pre-game over there have a few at the concession stand get some food like you can do that and i think that's like a brilliant idea just turn it into this this like city block wide party and that's really what it is yeah i don't think there's any question that for the last 10 years the seahawks home games have been as like i mean they're almost uh, our friend rob DeMello actually went to a saints game once up there and he said it's not like going to a football game it's like going to a rock concert and that's yeah. how crazy that that stadium is and look it all, all biases aside, it's one of the most passionate fan bases they are. It's really underrated. And so, of course, you know, you have, you, you know, Seahawks games. This thing's going to be crazy. So, of course, what they do in the NBA, they took the team from us. Yeah, but, that, that, you know, the, the clock is ticking. They're, yeah. they're going to be back in Seattle here in short order. All right, we're going to squeeze in one more. We're both saying they're going to the postseason, even though Billy is saying it a little <laughs> more squeamishly. Uh, what's the last one here, Keegan? Oh, let's open up a can of worms. Generally speaking. Oh, this is a debate that I have a feeling people are going to text in or call in about. Okay, all right. Oh, which boy. sport do you feel has the best officiating and which one has the worst? Oh, generally speaking, we're talking mainstream sports, I think, would be the safer thing. Uh, I don't know, because baseball's in a weird place, right, with the technology now where you have, like, these Twitter accounts that are just dedicated to posting all of the bad umpiring calls. The NBA was dreadful. <sighs> dreadful in the regular season and the postseason ncaa basketball tough football there's still debate as to what's a catch here in 2022 so i don't think it's any of those sports i think you got to look at maybe something that's more in the realm of like tennis per se because there's so many guardrails with the technology there and that instant eagle eye replay for in and out calls and those kinds of things you don't really see a lot of instances where it's like oh uh, serena lost the match on a blown call by the referee i mean maybe there's a little bit of arguing and there's some controversy on that front but it's not poor officiating per se uh, i think the worst that, that i'm seeing i think the nba is in some in some trouble man the nba's got to be the worst officiating generally speaking at least that's got to be the perception right now and the best would probably be a sport like that maybe like tennis maybe like the ufc or something if you want to go combat sports uh, what do you say billy i'm gonna well first of all i don't think there's any question to me that the nba is the worst and it's not just so many obvious blown calls in games or whatever but it's the fact that the way these referees get goaded and get and and you know exactly what some of these guys are out there trying to do and they're trying to flop and they're trying to do this and that and there's refs just buy right in it's those kind of instances where they're like clearly the player is trying to do something and trying to you know change the game or whatever and 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 they just completely go along for it you know and and it's that that's the thing about the nba referees i can't stand like it's so obvious this guy is trolling for a call and then <laughs> yeah. you just give it to him yeah that's what i can't stand I am. Oh boy, I'm, I'm a little uh, scared to do this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a little support to NFL referees. I think 
it's an incredibly difficult game to ref. Not just that, the rule book, the rules, some of these rules, how are they even supposed to make these calls when it doesn't even really make sense in the rule book what some of these things are? And there's so much going on on a football field. I know that there's some obviously some big missed calls and all that. But, man, there's a lot of times where did they get two feet down, did the, you know, did the ball come loose that, that I feel like they do an okay job. I feel like that is really a tough sport to ref. So I'm going to give them a little bit of support here. Uh, uh, Keegan, cut his mic because that's <laughs> the worst take ever. Because the, one of the rules, you can say some of the rules are convoluted. There's no doubt about that. It's overly complicated. Uh, it is almost uh, paralysis by analysis when it's the breakdown of the officiating rules in football. But one of the key things that they can do is just don't blow the whistle <laughs> until the play is done so that you don't have that inadvertent whistle that blows dead a play that should end up being something that happens either positive for the home team or the other team or whatever but they constantly do it stop blowing the whistle so immediately like one of the first rules of any kind of fumble or interaction just don't blow it immediately make sure you see it and they continue to do it you have all this technology and you still can't get a spot right really we're going to trust these old guys in these stripes that are going to be like oh i think the punt in the air went out of bounds here there's no science it's just estimation that's a terrible, terrible sport in terms of the officiating at the NFL level. You seem very serious about this. So I was like wondering, has there been like a situation where the refs have like cost you something really important for your Oh, wait, you're a Detroit Lions fan, right? <laughs> yes, you're not, yes. Yeah, you're not even involved in you're oh. not winning anything anyway. Oh, so. yeah, well, no. well, I don't understand what's going uh, yeah, on here. Yeah. You can ask uh, Calvin Johnson on uh, <laughs> Catch No Catch exactly if it's ever impacted him negatively. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's one thing you can do. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to slap Billy upside the head. Uh, when we come back, it's our best and worst. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu, joined by my man Billy Hull. It's BTS Wednesday. Billy of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. It's quarter number four here on the show, which means it's time for our best and worst. Billy, what best are you sitting on? Well, John Cook just released his new rap album, but I'm not <laughs> going to go there. Um, we're going to go with uh, Jocelyn Allo, SB, uh, national champion, softball player of the year, now an SB winner. She won the SB for best college, female college athlete, and I believe she's up for another one today that'll be broadcast tonight on KTV. Correct. Correct. That's right. She's still up for best record-breaking performance, but go. she's up against some pretty tough uh, acts, including Steph Curry. So that might be a tougher one to win, but glad she won the best college female athlete. All right, my best, uh, Candice Fujishima, uh, yeah. executive producer of Spectrum Sports, was featured in a Dave Reardon column in your Honolulu Star Advertiser, uh, and it's just great to see her get that kind of recognition because, you know, uh, you the, the product you see on TV is very different from the product that is going on behind the scenes where it's like controlled chaos and Candace is the one who runs that show as the executive producer she's in the truck she's shouting out instructions she's communicating with us with us the announcers uh, and she's just a really really good person she worked with my dad for many years I have the privilege of working with her uh, she's the best and it was just great to see her get some wreck how often does she yell at you through the mic during the game uh, constantly oh, okay. a absolutely <laughs> absolutely a constant stream of what the F are you doing Kanoa oh yeah. what a great job I want that job <laughs> <laughs> All right, we flip over to the worst. What's your worst? Okay, the Washington Nationals, uh, they offer Juan Soto $440 million. He turns it down, which is a little crazy. But then they don't even charter his flight to the Home Run Derby. He has to fly commercial, lands at 1.30 a.m. in the morning the day of the Derby. Yeah, Come on, man. I know. I mean, that's going to be a bummer. Obviously, he's out of there. I can't wait to see him in a Mets uniform. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, my worst. Nick Saban, Alabama super coach, says a mega conference situation may create, quote, a caste system in college football. Made the statement the other day on ESPN's Get Up. He 
says, at Alabama, we're one of the haves. It's probably a good thing, but for some of the have-nots, maybe it work, won't work out so well. Really? Thanks, Captain really? Obvious. Nick Saban just breaking it down. Oh, so man. insightful. Oh, Thank you, Coach. Days. Love media days. <laughs> All right. I love BTS Wednesdays. Yeah. Billy Hull, thanks for being here. Keegan, nice job. Appreciate Lee Pontes for jumping on with us. See you all tomorrow, everybody. Let's talk sports.